this totally irresponsible parenting? Not according to the internet. Where on the internet? Dax, it's time for your bath. But I missed my show. Don't argue with me, young man. Just do it. This is our dad. I'm the professor. Yeah, he made us in his laboratory by accident. Don't worry, professor. I was an accident, too. You're my children, and I love you, but you're all terrible. Hey everyone, this is James, aka Nerdy at Home Dad, uh, coming to you from my house. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Marvel Universe Live. Uh, we went and saw that last night, and I have a special guest with me who's going to talk with me for a few minutes before we get into the interviews I did yes. the other day. Yes. Uh, so yes. who who are you? Jay. What do you do? Go to cool things. Okay, uh, so we went to go see Marvel Universe Live last night. Yes! Uh, did you dress up as anybody? Yes, Rocket Raccoon! Uh, why did you dress up as Rocket? Because there was Rocket at Marvel Universe Live. So what did you think of the show? I thought it was pretty good, too. What was your favorite part? Without spoilers. I don't know what you liked all of it. You liked all of it? My favorite part was the silk aerial dancers at Kunlun. All the celebration at Kunlun. Yeah! I think the, the costumes were done really well, and the acrobats were done very well. Uh-huh. I also liked the fire spinners mm-hmm. in the Savage Land. Yeah! I thought they were pretty cool. Um, what did you think of the Guardians? Do you think they did a great job? Yeah! What did you think of that group costume? Amazing! He was like 10 feet tall, huh? Um, what do you think of that Spider-Man scene? Awesome! Spider-Man fought all of his villains and was teamed up with the Avengers. Yeah! I think my favorite part was Doctor Strange appearing in New York. Yeah! It looked like magic, huh? So, we, uh, like I said, I got to interview some of the actors. Uh, I got to interview the Guardians actors. Well, I got to interview Star-Lord, Gamora, Yondu, and then uh, one of the costume designers. And so, why don't we get into that? So, here's our Guardians, or our Marvel Universe Live interviews. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Sorry for the technical difficulties. Hopefully we'll be able to get those files off my computer so we can get you guys the audio from Salt Lake Comic Con. And, uh, yeah. So, on to the interviews. So, with the new Guardians movie out, and uh, with 
the Guardians having a bigger role in the MCU. How does it feel portraying the Guardians on a stage production? It's really fun because this is something that's never been seen before. And it's the first time audiences get to see the Guardians in live action. And it's really cool to be able to do that and have kids out there seeing that. And I've even looked in the audience a couple times and seen a couple little girls with green painted faces. And it's like the coolest feeling in the world to be able to see that and know that this is the first time that they ever get to see this anywhere. Yeah, it's... it's the, the Guardians are such unique characters, I think, uh, that are... They're part of the MCU, but they're very much their own. They have their own vibe to them, and getting to do that on stage where we we have a little bit more wiggle room to kind of explore the characters and kind of mess with each other because that's that's the vibe with the Guardians is they're they're a family and they screw with each other. The funny thing is that we screw with each other on stage, but I think off stage is where we created this on stage chemistry. Oh, absolutely. Like backstage, we have all these chants and rituals and everything that we do before each scene, and we're totally giving each other a hard time and yeah. making fun of each other. And I think the fact that the five of us have built that together translates really, really well on stage because we get a kind of like I get to go out there and be super edgy and sassy, and I get to roll my eyes at Star Lord when you know most of the time that's really how I feel. So it's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, getting to play, getting to play a character that's never been played before. You know, it's, it's live at least. It's kind of cool because my interpretation is the first interpretation that these people are going to see. You know, and it's cool to think that. Right. Uh, well, and it's interesting too because uh, you see Yondu like getting a lot more screen time and stuff after the second movie. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been researching Yondu more, and there's a lot of people that have been, like, so Salt Lake Comic Con just happened, and one of the panels that I proposed was actually a Guardians of the Galaxy panel where you just get to know the original lineup before Star-Lord, Gamora, and it was very Yondu heavy, because Yondu is the first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how does it... Uh, so I, talked, I showed you guys my son's costume. His Rocky Raccoon awesome. costume. Oh, my God. awesome. So you'll probably see a lot more costumes here in Salt Lake, I think, because we have a huge costuming community. Um, how does it feel to be able to play the superheroes that these kids are dressing up as and hoping to be one day somehow in real life? It's, it's really interesting to look out into the audience and see a miniature version of you. Just, <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's almost surreal. Like, oh, that kid's... We're in the same... Well, I have a show to do. You know? <laughs> I think it's, it's really inspiring for me to see these little kids that are out there and they're so into superheroes. When I was younger, I didn't know a lot about comics and superheroes. I was a gymnast growing up, but then when I got older and I saw that you can have a career in something like gymnastics or martial arts or um, stunts and things like that, it's really cool to know that little kids, that this is so much more tangible for them now, to be able to take gymnastics classes and mixed martial arts classes and know that it can translate into something later in life life for them if that's what they want to do. I think it's it's really cool to know that that's such a possibility and such a big thing now. Yeah, and you're getting to embody a character that means something to these people. You know, not just kids, but adults too. You see them all the time. And it's not looking at a TV screen. Like, it's there. It's in front of them. It's moving. It's life. You know, it's, it's just really cool. Awesome. Um, one more question. So, what, what would your advice to be to any of the kids that want to get into something like this, you know, from young age to teenagers that want to do this stuff. Don't hurt yourself. We're at home. We're at home. Yeah. So just stick with your dreams if you know what it is and what you're passionate about. Like, I, I never thought that I could make gymnastics a career. You know, I was never good enough to go to the Olympics or anything like that. But knowing that I could 
do it live on a stage and be a superhero that was someone, like Chad said, someone that was real and being there and portraying this in front of people and knowing that you can do that. Just stick with your dreams and train hard and take care of yourself and know that it can totally become a reality if you work hard enough. Pick, pick something and do it 100%. That's, that's all you need. Yeah, there's going to be people that are going to tell you it's a bad idea getting into the entertainment industry. But if it's something you really want to do, you just stick with it. You go for it. It'll work out. Awesome. Can I get you guys' names one more time for Slayer? Absolutely. Uh, Isaac Spooner, Star-Lord. Taylor Castriota, Gamora. Chad Kramer, Yandu. So, uh, so these are just some of our Ravager costumes. Uh, they're actually, I love them. I think they're some of the prettiest ones because for being dirty space pirates, yeah. um, they have things like, le like I love this one. This is probably my favorite because it's got the leather and the velvet. Yeah. And from, a, from the stage, they don't look like leather and velvet. Or it doesn't look like velvet. You, of course, leather's leather. You're going to think there's going to be leather. Um, but then you've got the nets and stuff. You have things that really build on top of them to really give each one their own character. Yeah, um, it's funny because for pirates, they're very beautiful yes, costumes. Yes, they're but when you look at them on stage, they won't look beautiful at all. You know, um, Each Ravager has their own design, so they have their own sketch um, by our designer, who's Mark, whose name is Mark Koss. And um, so each Ravager has their own look. And uh, that look will be that Ravager's costume forever, no matter who plays it. Like, it's either Ravager 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you know. Um, or however, I think there's one, you know, there's six Ravagers now. I don't know. So many Ravagers. Yeah. All the Ravagers. <laughs> so many pirates these days. Right, I know. <laughs> um, but then some of the others that are on this rack are from our Kunlun world, world. So you've got a couple of peasants there having a celebration, having a party. Kunlun is obviously where we, we meet Iron Fist. Right. Um, and uh, so we have just peasants like she has like some, she also has some pants that go with this um but these are pretty much my favorite because like i said i came from the circus so they're very circus oriented these are for our silk our aerial silk artist i did oh. all the rhinestoning on them myself um <laughs> uh, that is that is intense rhinestone yeah right um and this isn't even like i wish i could have put more on them you know like yeah especially on the body like the body would have been gorgeous like mostly but you know for what they do it's a practical rhinestoning because they do a lot of wraps along their body and you can't have because if you, if you did that and then you put the rhinestones on, they just pop off, you know, because they're all heat set, so they're all heat uh, put on by, like, uh, glue that's been heated on a hot hot plate and everything. It's Everyone's put on hand by hand. Uh, him, uh, on by hand. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they're having a party. These are our silk artists. Um, the dragon is very prevalent within the Kunlun world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but then this is also from our Kunlun once again. Oh, wow. Oh, um, my. Yeah, so these are our stone soldiers. So they look a little like these guys. So, fun fact is they're actually uh, male and female stone soldiers. There's only about two females. But the uh, the fun fact about it is you don't know if it's a male or a female in the costume. Right. Um, so, and same thing, like their heads are a little different. This is actually a male head, and that's the male costume. Uh, they're all, they all look really heavy, but they're all made out of a heavy-duty foam, or this is a latex. So, you know, it's very breathable and bendable, but it looks like stone. Right. They look like stone. They move like they're stone because um, they do come to life. Um, 
but uh, like I said, I'm not going to give too much away because I yeah, want yeah. you to come see the show. For sure, um, yeah. And then these are actually also some, I, I really do love the Fire Tribe scene. So we have Fire Tribe in our Savage Land, which most Marvel fans will be super are super excited to, to hear yep. about the Savage Land being yeah. part of the show. Cause, of course. You know, it's that random area of the Marvel Universe that doesn't always get the, be- the, biggest, yeah. the well, most attention. Yeah, I think the only people that really know know about the Savage Land are people who watch like the X-Men cartoons yeah. in the 90s. Or, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I was talking to, I, I gave one media day, and this guy's face lit up when I said the Savage Land, you know, like, um, but so, yeah, we have a fire tribe, and they come out, and they do this um, fire dance of sorts, um, and it's, it's really amazing. We have a really good uh, pyro team that is really integral to keeping them lit and keeping them, you know, we have a a flow coordinator, well, that's what we call it, we call it on the show, we call it flow, because we can't necessarily call things fire, because if somebody thinks they hear fire, they think it's yeah. emergency, and yeah. so we call it flow, and uh, so we have a flow captain, who is uh, one of our performers, and he's uh, very well adapted to working with working with fire, um, so he's in charge of making sure that the, the appropriate people are validated to do it, because not everybody in our cast... Um, is allowed to do it, and uh, once, but but we slowly get more people validated for more and more things, especially in terms of fire, um, because once some people somebody's out, they're out. You know, they, they right. can't be can't be three things. You know, so um, but what's cool about them is they have a lot of leather incorporated into it. They have a lot of natural fat fabrics to make sure that um, the performers stay safe because safety first. You don't want necessarily um, it to touch this and catch fire. So uh, things are fire treated and fireproofed, and then they're also made of natural fabrics like leather and cotton that won't melt to the skin. Um, so, like I said, we do try to keep our things, our people, people pretty safe. Also, something that I normally have on the table, but I don't have it this time because it's not off the truck yet, is I usually have some of our creature heads. Um, these are some of our creatures from our collector's museum. Mm. Once again, from our Guardians of the Galaxy area of our Marvel universe, and um, they kind of go to the collectors to steal. The Guardians go to the collectors to steal some to steal the uh, to steal the. Uh, oh my gosh, the cosmic eye! Oh, they yeah. go to steal the cosmic eye, and um, and they kind of inadvertently set off a couple other things. And uh, these th- these creatures are all pretty massive. Actually, she's the smallest of them all. And but with all of her tentacles and the bounciness, um, it gets pretty intense. Um, this guy is actually on um, spring stilts, which means he kind of bounces around. And even though he looks like the, the he does not actually have these claws because well that doesn't really work well with spring stilts. Right, you don't right. want him getting caught under the spring of the stilt itself. But he does have these really creepy fingers, and those are really, oh, wow. those fingers are actually really creepy, and they even feel really creepy when you touch them. But his head kind of looks a little like a mutated piranha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. And then we have, in addition to these, we have uh, what they call four-legged creatures. Um, they're more, they actually, uh, between the two of them, they have eight legs, and they're kind of attached via these, like, tentacle things on their backs, and you, I'm, yeah, it, it's really kind yeah. of cool and weird. Um, a rumor has it there are a couple of Easter eggs within the collector's museum's projection. Um, I, I have not seen it, so I can't tell. I can't tell for sure if they are true there. But rumor has it Howard the Duck is in the background, nice. which 
would make me extraordinarily happy. Yeah. I was actually just talking to a woman and, and said it would have also made me really happy if they would have put Stanley in a case in the back. You know, that would have been like. <laughs> yeah. But but don't look for Stanley. He's not there. <laughs> Sadly that enough, we, that we know. He does not. Yeah. Yeah. To my knowledge, Stanley does not make a cameo in this in in this uh, show. It would be awesome if he did. Look, have Stanley fly out all the time and be BFFs with him. Yeah, I'd be yeah. totally cool with. Yeah. Um, but I think he's got enough work to keep him busy anyway. Yeah, at uh, least more cameos to film. Yeah, for the yeah, films. exactly, right? I mean, he's got years of cameos. Yeah. So, um, you have any questions? Uh, yeah, so uh, Utah's like pretty huge in the costume community. Like, you look at Solid like, Comic yeah. for example, like cosplay stuff. Um, what are some. Uh, What's some advice that you can give to beginner cosplayers or costumers? Um, anybody, like, honestly enough, like, some of the coolest things I've found, in particular in cosplaying, is using um, unconventional fabrics. Something I really enjoyed, because uh, I went to school for costume design and construction. So one of the, my favorite projects always in college was our found object, was our found object project, right. which was... Um, you had to take something unconventional. You couldn't use thread. You couldn't use fabric, and you had to be able to put it together. And I made it. And, and we we had a we had a show we based it off of. Um, and we I can't even remember what the show. Oh, the, the show was the King's Stag, and we had to pick a character from the King's Stag in order to make this unconventional costume out of. And I made a bird costume out of tin cans. Oh no. You know, tin cans yeah. and paper clips, which I hand cut all the cans, hand seamed all the cans puncture holes and all of it and you're talking full out coat and wings out of cans and um so sometimes (laughs) they get a little violent over there um sometimes you'll definitely find um fixing repairs and even useful things in something that you wouldn't necessarily think to use in the first place and i think a lot of cosplayers already tend to do that um i do highly advocate it uh uh, like advocates yeah yeah okay didn't didn't sound right for a second you you know words do that sometimes um well you guys uh, have been on tour for a while so i mean yeah words hard make brain uh, um so yeah i do highly recommend using unconventional fabrics sometimes because you're you're gonna get really cool things just try things out like i i i'm a big fan of trying something new to see if it'll work but then um also don't be afraid to do the complicated stuff if you're looking to make a suit the best way to make a suit is to take an old suit apart and put it back together yeah you know um and and especially in terms of sewing that's sewing is is something you can learn anybody can learn i mean it's been around since the dawn of time that's how we have clothes you know um i teach it i taught a 10 year old boy how to sew you know and and he was he loved it he thought it was great because he thought it was the best life skill he could ever learn right because he would never have to ask somebody to fix a button on his pants or on a shirt you know and I, I, th- I mean, I think you feel the same way. It, yeah. It's it's very helpful. Yeah. And in making costumes, like, and that's what I think also what I love about costuming is it's so creative. Um, while you have the fashion design area of the the same kind of the same world, it's completely different. You get to be a little more out there. Like fashion design, okay, yeah, you, they get to be out there, but how much? But you still have to think about you have to think about what the consumer wants and what the right. consumer is going to buy. Whereas costuming, it's it can be ridiculous. You can create a creature that bounces on stilts yeah. or that flies through the air, and and doesn't have to have 
a meaning to what you're doing. But then you also, you can get really in depth with um, period pieces like, you know, the Edwardian period or the Victorian period or, you know, far back as the Renaissance. And it, you can really then get creative. And then there's a lot of research that goes into it, which definitely brings out another nerdy thought in me and in loving history and research. Um, because you need to make sure that everything's spot on. And I'm not going to lie. I'll watch a movie sometimes and be like, that's not accurate. You know? <laughs> that's not how it would be. Um, but it, but that's what's fun about costuming. Yeah. And, and definitely uh, use those resources. because And use that creativity to find new things. Right. Or, you know, have a Star-Lord <laughs> put on a mask that's, you know, a third the size right. of his face. <laughs> um. Has, so when I built the first rocket costume for my kid, uh, this is the first time I sewed anything. Right. Oh wow. Uh, when I finished, my wife said, "Where'd you tie it off at?" And I was like, "What do you mean? Where did I tie it off at?" So I didn't tie it off, and oh, no. it, la- it lasted three days. But then the third day of the con, he came home, lifted his arms, and all the first started falling off. Has there ever been something like that that's happened to you, like while you're um, in a show? Not that I can think of. Um, but there are times when we fix things and then you fix them and they go out and then they come back and the same thing has happened again. Um, so there, there are things where you sit and you look at the performer and you're like, what did you do? And they're like, ah, I tried my best. Um, and, uh, or like, were you at least funny when you did it? Like, please tell me you were funny. Like, and, um, so, uh, no, but sometimes a, a repair, like, like a repetitive repair can be very frustrating because right. it's then trying to work with the choreography, trying to work with the show, um, now, granted, yeah, I've had I've made my fair share of mistakes where I like I'm stitching on a patch, but it's like through a sleeve, and the fabric gets caught, and you're like, ah, like I have to unpick the whole thing and then start all over again, yeah. you know, um, and that's really frustrating. But like, I think the more consistent problem is is like a, a repair that that deals with choreography and how to work with choreography. For instance, I'll give a good example on this show, Black Widow. Black Widow's costume is made of leather and spandex, and that leather needs to be conditioned really well all the time because she sweats. And sweat, leather, don't really work together. Um, And so we have issues with sometimes the leather really drying out and then cracking and fading and and, and, um, cracking and, and tearing, you know, so piece of that leather need to be consistently replaced or she has a belt with her widow emblem that we put a coating over to make sure the widow emblem stays but she does a rope slide and she does these things on the ground that ends up every week that belt is in my is on my table being recoated. In, right. in fact I'm about to slap a coat of resin on that sucker as soon as, <laughs> not, not, not this week but next week um, to make sure it stays and it doesn't go anywhere um, right but sometimes, and then it's, it's working with the performer and saying, okay, I, I need you to really pay attention to, like, like obviously continue to do your job, continue to do that, but, like, keep in your mind what you're doing and how it might be affecting your costume. Right. Because then we can either work a way where you can maybe help prevent that from happening, or we can, if it's something drastic where we need to talk about changing the choreography, we will. Um, but or maybe it's just something where we just have to consistently re- repair it. Like, right. 
um, like for instance, right now I'm consistently repairing that widow belt, you know, but that has nothing to do with what she's doing. It's not drastic enough for it to, to affect the costume or affect anything like big. It's not, it's not a big thing, a big deal, but it's enough that she's going, okay, now I know where it's at. So now I'm just trying to crawl a little better, you know, like I'm trying to like lift my butt when I crawl so I don't like scrape that yeah, belt yeah. against it, you know, or I try, or the problem we are having, I'm using her as an example just because like she has the leather and the, and she does a lot of really cool things um like in her rope slide she noticed her foot was um like a the bottom of her boot was starting to wear away and it's because on the rope slide she was using her foot not part of her foot more because she didn't want the rope touching her costume right. which we appreciate i'd much rather fix that rubber on that boot any day of the yeah. week than try to repair that leather right. <laughs> i mean we we the, the costume was made smartly so it's easily repairable right. but um you know it, it's if i can if i can avoid repairing that leather uh yeah <laughs> I, I would love to right yeah so awesome thank you for listening to these interviews this concludes this week's episode of geek banting podcast um thank you to the summit group and slc for uh, making Jay and I a part of the press corps for uh, Marvel Universe Live. Uh, thank you to Feld Entertainment for putting on a great show. Uh, this show goes on uh, now until Sunday, October 1st, so get your tickets. You can get them at smithticks.com or by going to marveluniverselive.com and clicking on Schedule and Tickets. Uh, but that'll just bump you over to Smith Ticks. Uh... Tickets are 20 to $75, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, check out the show. It's a great show. And don't forget if uh, to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps the podcast out a lot. Uh, that way we know what you guys like. Uh, also, don't forget to join our Facebook discussion group. And uh, follow us on Facebook to see anything else. Follow us on uh Instagram uh, at Geek Parenting and on Twitter at Geek Parent Pod. Uh, you can find me at Nerdy at Home Dad across the social media boards. Uh, Tui will be at Tui the Human on Instagram and Sweep the Lego on Twitter. Uh, he's trying to be more active there. Uh, Johnny at White Enchilada One, uh, White Enchilada One. And Dr. Sarah, you can find her at Dr. of Peace, uh, Dr. of Peace SH on Twitter, Loves Like Pie on Twitch, and you can find us at Nerdy at Home Dad on Twitch as well. Uh, now that we have internet back, we should be streaming some more stuff soon. Thanks again. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.